Tired of being tracked down when you search homes on the big brand name real estate sites? Frustrated by cluttered, complicated, and outdated boutique real estate sites? The Liz Luke team gets it. Searching for homes online should be simple, straightforward, and feature current technology trends. That's why they're excited to announce the launch of an upgraded LizLuke.com this Friday, January 29th. LizLuke's new and improved site is all the fun without the fuss. Stay up to date with their new site at www.subscribepage.com slash LizLukeTeam, where you'll find a countdown to the launch and more great info. Hello, and welcome to Speakeasy, the Alexandria Times podcast. I'm Cody Mellocline, Managing Editor at the Times, and today, for the first episode of 2021, I'm joined by Jero Williams, uh, frontman and lead singer for the Jero Williams Experience and an Alexandria City Public Schools alum. You may have heard his songs online or seen him perform in venues around D.C. and the DMV or at the recent virtual First Night Alexandria that we just had, but wherever you've heard him, you've probably been wowed by his soulful, ear-catching voice. Welcome to the show, Jero. How's it going? It is great, and I appreciate that amazing introduction. <laughs> yeah, I like to I like to pump our guests up a little bit, give them a little bit of an ego boost, and and so I I don't I also don't overinflate my praise. It's all completely accurate, and we'll talk a little bit about why that is. But uh, I wanted to to kick this off by rewinding things a little bit. Obviously, you are someone who's very active in in the music scene in D.C. and around D.C. Um. And music has been a part of your life for a long time, but also you rep Alexandria in in every way possible. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about your roots in Alexandria, because as far as I know, they go back quite a ways with your family. Talk to me a little bit about your, your, I guess, a little bit about your family history and kind of the place they've held in Alexandria. Yeah, so the the Terrell name or Terrell's... um, have have been around the Alexandria area for a very very long time. Um, our family's home address actually used to be what T C Williams' address is now, thirty three thirty King Street. Um, and then obviously once the school was built, we, um, my grandmother and a couple other relatives had moved to houses like right behind the school, um, and then. Uh, we also have, I believe, uh, uh, some early ancestors of ours that are buried at Fort Ward. Mm. Um, and yeah, so we, we've, we've been in this city for generations now. Um, and I just, you know, try to do my part to continue to carry the torch and, uh, keep up the, the family legacy. (laughs) And, and I hope that, uh, I continue to do some good things with that. Yeah. So what was it like for you growing up in Alexandria? It's it's clearly a city that you still uh, have have a really fond place for in your heart. What was it like growing up and your, what was your childhood like? Yeah. I, yeah. So born and raised in Alexandria, um, I went to Fairfax Academy at first for um, for kindergarten, uh, excuse me, for preschool and then uh, went to Patrick Henry for uh, kindergarten and then went to MacArthur for uh, grades K through five. So um, that had like a lot of, you know, um, early influence on my life. And I, I, I loved my education. I'm, I'm a proud product of the Alexandria city public school system. And um, I mean, it's, you know, an education is great when you remember 
every teacher you had from the very beginning, like your entire upbringing. Um, so I'm very thankful for that experience. And, you know, growing up in Alexandria, you know, the thing that you notice immediately is the diversity. You know, there's, um, even though, you know, the neighborhoods are slightly different um, in terms of demographic, you know, there there's still a lot of diversity in the city. And that was one of the things that I, I greatly cherished about my time in the school system is, you know, just being able to meet so many different people from so many different walks of life. It, it just allows you to have a greater appreciation for things and just to be more well-rounded as a, as a human, you know, um, and, and also just more opportunities to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and understand like what people go through on a day-to-day basis. So I'm, I'm very grateful for, for, uh, for that experience and, and just being able to have the opportunities available to, uh, grow myself and also just, you know, kind of find who I am and, and, and what it is I really wanted to do. Yeah. How did, uh, how did, uh, I guess your time in Alexandria city public schools play a, a role in where you ended up in terms of finding yourself as a musician? Was it, was your first experience with kind of performing a music in ACPS or was it prior to that? Yeah. So, <laughs> Um, you know, music has always really been a part of my family, like, especially in the church. Um, but I, yeah, I, I joined, uh, choir in third grade and just like kind of went all the way through high school. Like my first solo was, uh, fourth grade for our talent show. And, um, yeah, I just, I just kept with it. I, you know, even when I went to um, GW, I was in choir all three years there, kind of took a, a year off at, at Mini Howard, you know, just to, to kind of get used to that transition. And then uh, once I got to TC, I, I got back in the choir and was in there for all three years and, um, you know, did some uh, musicals along the way as well, um, some short plays and things like that. So that, you know, that whole experience throughout was had music and entertainment involved in some way. Yeah, for I guess for for the people who don't know, I'd like I think it'd be great for you to sort of I guess explain a little bit about the music itself. How how do you describe your music to to people? Because I think on first listen, there's a clear contemporary, very modern aspect to it. You do cover a lot of of modern pop songs, but there's also some old school kind of '90s R&B. There's some funk in there. There's there's some Michael Jackson in there. Where do you pull inspiration from? And I guess, how do you sort of explain your music to people if that's possible at all? Yeah, you hit a lot of them on the head. Um, If I had a theme, I always say magic with a message Um, because I like to, you know, kind of fill my songs with some lyrical nostalgia and and innuendo um, because I like to make the listener think a bit i know Mm. that's (laughs) kind of something out of the ordinary you know we listen to music nowadays we kind of want everything just kind of handed to us like here's the song and here's what it's about um but i hope that when people listen to my music that they're able to pick up on certain things and you know also like think think ahead of why i put a certain line in a certain place uh or what the relation to uh like a a 90s reference is um but yeah, like all those different influences you talked about, uh, Michael Jackson, Prince, um, Usher, even like currently like Bruno Mars, Justin Timberlake, 
um, if even if you think further back to say um, the Temptations or uh, Jackie Wilson or uh, you know some of those guys from the doo-wop era too because I, I feel like obviously music has a touch of all of those um, evolutions throughout uh, the, throughout the decades that we've seen or uh, that we've heard so I, I like to definitely feed off of my influences and see what they did that I really love and then put it in my own music and make it my own because that's exactly what they did you know um, that's really what music is you know you, you take everybody every musician has a, a learning tree right mm-hmm. Um, if you take Michael Jackson, for instance, um, you know, he, he loved James Brown growing up. So he took like a lot of the, you know, the electricity and the, um, the dance moves, you know, the showmanship, a lot of that was from James Brown. And then he also mentioned how, you know, Fred Astaire and Charlie Chaplin, um, the Nicholas brothers from the twenties, you know, it's, it, it dates back um you know a few decades before him and when you really see that lineage it, it kind of you can see some of the similarities in what he does but he just has that that magic of making it into his own and and that's the same thing that I hope to do with my music is just you know who were my influences taking what I learned from them but then how can I make it into my own message and relate it to you know, a lot of the things that have happened in my life. So I incorporate all those different styles you talked about, the funk from the from the seventies and eighties, the the groove and like that new jack influence from the mm-hmm. late eighties and early nineties, um, and even just some of like the, the pop from uh you know, from late nineties to, to early two thousands. That was kinda like my golden age of music. So that's really where I'd like to take those influences and now just mold them and Come on, one person sees and then two, but he didn't think it'd be you. Be you. More people talk but don't know. Don't know. We're such a sight to be hope. Come on, everyone, and join in. A new dance about to begin. Let's raise our hands and sway. It's a love parade. Let's have a blast, my baby. When did you know that music was something you wanted to pursue as just more than a hobby or a passion, as as a career? And did you know, I guess this might be a trick question, but did you know it would be as much work as it ended up being? When I did the musical Guys and Dolls in, in high school, my, my senior year at TC, um, we had the Cappies, which is kind of like the, the high school version of the Tonys. And I was nominated for um, a, a, a Cappy for featured artist or featured actor, I will, I'll say, um, in that musical and to be evaluated by my peers and be nominated for an honor like that, that was kind of like, Oh, like I can really do this. Like I've done it for fun and I've done it because I love it. And it kind of brings out a side of me that feels natural, but to be recognized by my peers for my work that I put in, um, you know, it was truly something and it kind of helped me to see like, wow, okay, I could possibly pursue this for, for work. Um, and you always feel like, yeah, there's going to be some aspects of what you do that are going to be hard work, right? There's going to be 
some perseverance that you have to overcome. And I think like the biggest transition now for as a musician is, you know, I think way back when, you know, everybody was consumed with, I got to get the record deal. Like you gotta, like, I got to sign on with somebody who can help to push my, my vision and make it, you know, tenfold of anything that I possibly would have thought of. Um, whereas now, you know, you're really doing a lot of that branding on your own as an independent artist, or at least until, you know, an opportunity like that were to come along. But yeah, I mean, I kind of had an idea of the work that it would entail, but sometimes we don't realize how hard we have to work. We know there's a lot of work in it, but we just don't realize how hard sometimes we have to really grind and, and gut things out and hustle to, you know, make those opportunities uh, come to light. So, you know, I've always had a strong work ethic. That's something that I, I pride myself on very highly is, is just putting in the work because that's kind of, you know, what my parents instilled in me in a very young age. And so I, I always just wanted to feel like I walked away from something, giving it my all and really feeling like I, I invested myself in the project. And so, yeah, with music, that's kind of the same approach that I've that I've taken, um, you know, but you also realize, too, that sometimes just because of time constraints and you try to do the best you can with what you have. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of when I knew that it was something I definitely wanted to pursue. And, and then continuing on at college at, at Virginia Tech, it was, you know, kind of getting away from the whole you need a plan B. Um, I had been in the major for two years. Uh, I had been in school for two years and majoring in, in psychology and um, something just wasn't there. It just it was missing. And so I took an intro to theater class and <laughs> I kid you not, like before even the play even starting, I knew I was like, this is it. <laughs> I, you know, you see the stage set, you see, you know, the, the crowd coming in, the audience coming in, they're excited. They're, you know, they're getting ready to see something that is going to help them break away from the day to day. And I was just like, yes, like I got to figure out how I can make this work. And um, yeah. And then I just, I became a theater major shortly after and double majored and, and then graduated with um, two degrees in five years. And so, yeah, I just kind of always knew since the end of high school that this was it. Do you find that that, that education in psychology helps you at all in what you do now? It does, actually, because, you I mean, you got to know people in this, yeah. in this industry. You have to. Um, I mean, people are <laughs> so a part of the game, you know, when it comes to, you know, getting butts in the seats. <laughs> I mm -hmm. put it like that. But not just about how many audience members you bring in, but just how you connect with people, you know, what, what, what draws people into you and, and vice versa. So with that does come a little, you know, not saying I'm like putting psychology tricks on people or nothing like that, sure. but uh, you know, reverse psychology, you don't want to come to my show, <laughs> but you really do. It's not, it's not that kind of thing. It's just really just knowing how to relate with people and, when people like something, you know, just really trying to capitalize on it, but also while staying true to your brand and uh, staying true to yourself, uh, because I think that's really what gets people invested, obviously, from a psychological standpoint. They, they want something that they can relate to. They want something that that feels real. 
and and they they want that from the people that they follow that there's a genuine connection there so yeah psychology has just as much to do with this career in this industry as the music does obviously you mentioned the hustle that's kind of involved with being a modern musician i think part of that is what you've mentioned which is understanding and developing a brand consciously and i think this is something that a lot of a lot of people outside of music don't really think about that much they think about the music itself and the artists that they love but a lot of work goes into kind of cultivating the image of that artist that's presented to us how much of what you do um is kind of that conscious brand management and how much is actually making the music and is there even kind of a difference between the two of those at this point well the brand is very much interconnected with the music right yeah but the other thing that people have to the people keep in mind is the, the brand always changes you know there are certain pieces of the brand that kind of stay the same you know whether it be your uh your color schemes or your logo or you know something along those lines like how you run a show like what's something that people always see or they always um can expect when they see you perform but yeah the brand is is something that i think about every time like every time i post every time i perform you know there's just a certain checklist of things that you you want to achieve at every um at every performance or everything you do when you pop up um, whether that's, you know, what your message is, um, you know, are you, you know, are, is your, is your brand always woe is me and I'm down all the time <laughs> or is it, you know, Hey, I'm a, I'm a hype person, but you know, I also tell you when, you know, days are good and when days are not so good because I, I want that honesty with my fans. I want that honesty with, you know, with anybody that I interact with because that's what we all go through. Right. And I think if, people see that that's if vulnerability and honesty is part of the brand that's something that they'll always latch on to regardless of if you change your name or if you change your logo or you know your music kind of takes on a new sound and a new vibe as mine has recently um you know like i said at the end of the day you kind of have your your foundation that you stick to um but yeah brand management is is key in in every move uh, every move I make. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like we often talk about sort of because there are so many avenues for musicians to kind of get their music out there now, they are now like musicians like you and a lot of people who are up and coming in the 21st century are doing a lot of the things that prior to, I guess, this this the, the 2000s like a record company probably would have been doing for you you're just a lot you have the you actually are disseminating the message and the brand completely like you have complete control over it which has to be empowering in certain ways but also obviously nerve-wracking in others it is yeah it's um again you know and even when even when a, an industry or even when a record label has that creative control or has that creative leeway to or the resources to help you out there still has to be a sense of ownness there 100 percent, because yeah. it's it's your vision you know what i mean there's 
you want to be able to have a team behind you that supports that vision, but can also help you to elevate it and think about it in ways that you wouldn't have if you were by yourself. And, you know, that's been kind of one of that's, that's really one of the challenges of doing it solo and being an independent artist is, you know, you're, you're constantly on this journey to figure out who you are and what's your sound. And, um, you know, if some people figure it out sooner than others, and that's, that's great for them, you know, but even for the people who don't figure it out, I think that's, there's also a power in that as well, because it allows you to play around with certain genres and play around with certain, you know, writing schemes and things like that to really find out what sticks with you. But also just, you know, then you find out you got a whole catalog of these different brands of things that you like, um, that you can always pull from. So, yeah, it it can be it's a process. It's a marathon. That's that's really what it is. It's mm-hmm. it's you know, this this industry it is not a get big quick kind of thing. You know, for some people if you're a you know, you're a Justin Bieber, or, you know, one of those kind of artists that that became like phenomenons at a very young age um and you just kind of see how it weighed on them. Yeah. Um you know, some people are meant for that and others, um, you know, you kind of groom over time. And then before you know it, you think you're, if they're an overnight success and they've really been in the business for 20 years, you know. Yeah. So um, it, it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, as long as you kind of have that vision and you have that belief in what it is that you want to do, you're, you're going to find your way through it. And if you if you're fortunate enough to be signed with the label that kind of still gives you the creative control to do those things, but then also heighten the vision of what you're trying to achieve, then hey, that can be icing on the cake. But even as we've seen with artists like Bruno Mars, you know, the first record deal is not always the one that works out. You know, he was signed to Motown, for, you know, and and was dropped by Motown, which is like you're thinking, wait, what? You dropped Bruno Mars, but at the time it just didn't work out for him but then he you know kind of figured out where he wanted to go and signed with another label and then we know the the Bruno Mars that we know now so um there's just a there's just a journey that every musician goes on to figure out who you are and what your sound is and um you know it just kind of takes a lot of internal um you know brainstorming to to get to that point yeah let's talk a little bit about the music itself because i feel like we've gone we've gone this long without talking too much in depth about it but um we talked a little bit i guess about the stylistic elements of your music but as you said you really like to kind of bring music with a message to people what sort of themes in terms of your songwriting process what sort of themes do you find yourself drawn to and has that changed over time as as you've kind of developed as a songwriter yeah, the themes always change. Um, I, I here recently, I've really focused more on what happens across the day to day life. Um, you know, I, and that can be as it pertains to uh, me being a, a African American male, or just you know, kind of dealing with um, the day to day of pandemic life. Um, you know looking for love or you know talking breaking down heartbreak it can be any of those type of themes um and that's normally what the themes that have kind of been in my career honestly 
Um, but obviously, you know, because the times change, this is different. <laughs> yeah. And and then obviously, you know, as you as you mature, um, you know, the stories change too, um, because you're just in a different phase of life at that point, right? Um, I think that's the beauty of what we do as musicians is that we can draw on the day to day life and make stories out of that, you know, and some are joyous, some are painful, uh, you know, some are just kind of <laughs> on a whim, but that's cool because that's what life is like. <laughs> we, we imitate life no matter what, uh, artistic craft we're in. Um, that's, that's kind of, that's, that's the beauty of what we do. And so, yeah, my, my music has, has definitely transformed over the years. Um, where when I first started, it was more about, it was more about the times when my heart got broken and like what that felt like and understanding what that heartbreak meant and that I internalized a lot of it, but then going from internal to external, not just putting, not putting all the blame on me. That was kind of like what, (laughs) what had happened there. And then also just having those songs of, of unity and togetherness, because that's one thing that I've always noticed is, you know, as, as humanity, I feel like that's something that a lot of people want, but we, we struggle to get there because everybody wants what they want. And, but then we're also trying to figure out how can we make this a, a great world to live in that is suitable for everyone. And with that, you don't get everything that you want. Um, but I've also, I've always preached those, those songs of, of unity and, and togetherness, um, and, and faith and hope. Um, that's kind of where my music has been transforming to here recently. Um, but then also just, Hey, let's, this is life. You know, we get one shot at this, like, let's have some fun while we're, while we're at it. So yeah, I try to cover as many bases as possible while, um, staying true to me. Yeah. I'm just sort of curious how much has that, I guess, development and, and change and evolution of your, your songwriting. And I guess those themes, how much was that impacted by, the events of last year surrounding George Floyd and all the, and Breonna Taylor and the black lives matter protests. Yeah, that, you know, that was a very traumatic time. Um, and I have some songs that I have been writing, um, around, you know, the themes of what happened last year. Um, and not just from a racial standpoint too, but just a, a personal standpoint, you know, we we've all we've all learned some things about ourselves during this pandemic you know we've we've had some time to kind of break away and 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 learn some things about us and then also just kind of taking in our environments and kind of where we're at and um i think that that shouldn't be taken for granted as well you know sometimes it's we 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 have a tendency at times to take advantage of the small or to take for granted the small things um like for instance i i remember one morning I was, I was laying in bed and just the way that the, the sun peered through the shades, it, it influenced me to write, you know, I don't know if I would have had that time to do that if, if things were normal Mm -hmm. and I just had to get up and, and go to work or get up and, you know, start writing something else. Um, and, and also too, just the timing of it, you know, had it been a minute earlier or a minute later, I don't know if I would have been influenced to, you know, to start writing words down. So 
I think we we all just kind of took stock of where we were presently in the moment as each day came. And then obviously with the explosion of protests and the responses to racial injustice, obviously that was another chapter that I knew I had to to write on. I had recently uh, released uh, a song on um, SoundCloud that was a cover uh, or was a sample of uh, Brandy's I Want to Be Down. And so on that, I, I kind of wrote about my experience living as a, a black man in America, but then also kind of putting out a call to action too, to everyone listening, because that's one thing about my music too, is I want it to be inclusive. I want it to be inclusive to anyone, um, regardless mm -hmm. of race, gender, sexual orientation. Like I, I want everybody to be able to listen to my music and feel like they, they got something out of it, that it didn't alienate anybody. Um, you know, because that's, that's the way we, we should be living. But, you know, unfortunately there are just some other powers at play that, you know, try to prevent us from, from living that kind of life. But, you know, just as long as we can leave this world greater than how we found it, um, that's, that's just really my goal at the end of the day. That's just what I strive to do with my music. And, and I hope that when it's all said and done, you know, people will still listen to these songs later down the line and still feel that inclusivity in, you know, in the message. Yeah. More, I guess, zooming out from, from that experience last year, more generally speaking, how did the pandemic impact what you do? Because obviously there's, there's the, the hustle of being a musician on a normal, in a normal year, Yeah, right. let alone the year, the year we just had. So what was, yeah. what was 2020 like you, for you as a musician, how did that change the work you were doing? Well, I think when we all came into 2020, everybody was like, yeah, this is going to be my year. Like a lot of things are going to change. Like, yeah, like, oh man, 2019 was cool, but 2020 is going to be even better. Like, oh, we're going to rock this year. And then March was like, no. So, um, you know, it's like those first three months, it was, I was like investing a lot in myself. Like I was like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to make some more like polished videos you know, I'm going to, I'm going to spend a little bit. I'm going to splurge a little bit because I believe in the quality of these videos and it's going to help us get more corporate gigs. It's going to help us get more wedding gigs. And then March happened <laughs> and everything just went, you know, so losing gigs left and right. Like I think I had lost like double digit gigs in, in like a span of 24 to 48 hours. Um, so that was, it was slightly devastating. Sure. But you know, as I said before, I'm just thankful to be able to have uh, an entrepreneurial mindset in the in the sense of when something goes wrong, my mind kind of goes to, okay, what's next? Okay, what's the next thing? Instead of focusing so much that this one thing didn't work. Um, and I, part of that is from the education that I received too. So, um, but when that happened, I, I took about a week and just said, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to sit back. I'm going to plan. Uh, I'm going to binge some shows <laughs> that I hadn't seen in a while or ever. Uh, like I finally got on, you know, Game of Thrones. I had not no watched that. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was a perfect time. I don't understand how people who watch Game of Thrones could have waited week to week <laughs> for all that stuff. I just couldn't do it. So, you know, but it was cool to be able to finally get that rest period that I think I had been kind of longing for for a while. Sure. But then after that week, 
um <laughs> disclaimer i did not binge game of thrones in a week let's let's just put that out there but um i said to myself after about a week of of just kind of resting okay how can i bring value to my community during this time because i think that's what people needed the most and so um i started doing some live streams uh started doing some uh you know obviously like if people were willing to donate that was great and i appreciated that because you know that definitely kept the lights on it, it you know kept some bills being paid i'm greatly appreciative to everybody who donated over that time um so i did some live stream concerts one thing i also did was i called up some of my industry friends and said hey would you mind getting on instagram and facebook live with me and just talking about the industry you know what are some things that that other industry professionals should know if they don't know already because i felt like there was going to be somebody looking for that during the during that time like something that they could improve on so that when the pandemic ends they could have learned this thing and then you know been a little bit more competitive when uh things were over or when things had subsided so you know i took a lot of energy into that and and then i even took a month off you know i, t I dropped off social media i you know just kind of got away from it all because i just needed to enhance my sense of peace you know because I knew by May, this wasn't going away anytime soon. Um, and, and I think there's just a sense that you have to do the things that are necessary for your sanity. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I just kind of took some time off social media, like took like a, a quarter, a sort of like spiritual rest and retreat, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I got back on social media, that's when George Floyd happened. So it was kind of like, kind of gave me a break to get into that. And then I used that time to educate. Again, that's just what I lean on. And I, there were a lot of friends that, that had questions. Um, and I think by us being in the pandemic and now people actually seeing all of the racial injustices that we've grown up on over the course of time that a lot of people normally just tuned out a lot of people had questions and a lot of people had feelings, you know, some positive, some negative about what was going on. And I just wanted to be present in that moment and available for people to feel like they had a safe space to talk those things out with someone who would not judge them for what they felt. Um, because again, I feel like that's what we need. We need more of that. We don't have enough of that right now. So, you know, again, I was just sort of using my platform and, and using who I know myself to be um, to engage people on, on those topics that matter, but then also making it about music. I, you know, I recorded a, a cover of um, Marvin Gaye's What's Going On and, and posted on YouTube, posted a video of that because that was the song that kind of related most to how yeah. we were feeling about some things. Um, so I always try to bring music into the equation somehow, some way. Um, but yeah, if, if I'd be lying to you, if I didn't say it was hard, you know, it was, it's been tough. It's, it's been hard. The entertainment industry, the gig industry, hospitality has all been ravaged, wrecked by this pandemic. And we're all just trying to find creative ways to pivot, you know, and, and and after a while, you know, it's like how many more ideas can I come up with in the meantime? But but thankfully, uh, this community is strong. This community is resilient. 
and and we're just always finding ways to kind of help each other and 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 you know just try to figure out ways that um you know we can make our messages heard so so yeah that's really what 2020 is was like um there's a lot of ups and downs but at the same time there was there was definitely some moments for hope um and then now obviously with the vaccine you know coming back coming out you're hoping that that is like the light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. um that we can get back to live music again because that's, that's what i miss the most i just i really miss being in front of crowds i I just miss seeing people. I miss hugging people, you know, um, just people saying after the show how they really needed that, how they needed to get away for, you know, whatever has been troubling them and just having that escape for a couple of hours, you know. Um, I, I just miss that side of things especially. So hopefully hopefully we've seen the light at the end of the tunnel and we can get back to that fairly soon because – I don't want 21. I don't want 2021 trying to feel like they can one up 2020. I just, I just don't in a good way, but not, not, not like that. <laughs> no one. Yeah. No one wants 2021 to be 2020 plus. No one wants right. to see that. <laughs> like 2021, hold your own beer. Don't ask yes. anybody else to hold your beer. Please, please. please. <laughs> Tired of touring homes that don't meet your needs. Discouraged because you're listing for sales and getting attention from eager buyers? Stressed by the lack of communication and guidance from your real estate agent? The team at Liz Luke gets it. You're frustrated by the less than stellar service during your past real estate experiences. Liz Luke won't waste the limited time you have or forfeit a penny of your home value during the sale. The Liz Luke team believes buying a home should be fun, selling a home should be simple. They listen to your needs and lean into two decades of contract and sales experience to lead buyers and sellers like you from frustrated to fulfilled. Liz Luke's team of expert agents is supported by an outstanding operations staff to ensure every client receives undivided attention. Schedule a call with Liz Luke today and get one step closer to buying or selling your Alexandria home with confidence. Go to calendly.com slash agents C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com slash agents You, you mentioned it, but like it, it's it's such a cliche to say like one door closes, another one opens. That's the, the phrase I think a lot of people have been using, but I feel like the pan- pandemic did force a lot of people to sort of not reinvent themselves, but like reinvigorate what they were doing and sort of rethink what they were doing in, in some ways. And obviously you're someone who has the entrepreneurial spirit to do that do you think you will continue to do the kind of virtual concerts and that sort of thing moving forward? Because it obviously does give you actually a reach beyond just the the crowd of people that could come to a live show. Um, How much of that do you think you'll continue doing once things do start to kind of reopen and you can perform in front of people again? I I think it's honestly, I think it's here to stay. Yeah. Um, That's, that's my honest opinion. Maybe not in the same frequency. Sure. But we as we as as business people uh, as creatives and entrepreneurs have to understand that for every person that wants to go back out and get back out there once this thing subsides there's one person who's like i'm not sure yet there you you ha- we have to factor in everyone 
Um, and, and just the fact of the matter is, is that everybody's online. Yeah. Everybody's going to be online. That's never going to change. So, um, I, I, yes, virtual concerts will still be a thing with me, even if we, even as we do the live shows, um, even if I stream stuff, you know, I, I that was something I never did. I never really did before the pandemic. Um, because I really wanted to make it about the people who were there. But also it's like, you got to keep the people who are at home engaged too. Um, because hopefully by them seeing that, hopefully it'll encourage someone soon to be like, okay, when I go back out, I want to go see them or, you know, just being like, okay, wow. Like I needed this. Cause I need to just see this, you know, kind of feel what that air is like. Um, so yeah, in my honest opinion, it's, it's not going away anytime soon. And I think any artist who is wise will just keep that in their pockets for, you know, as things start to transition, because there's going to be people out there who still prefer to stay home. And I'm all about safety. I'm all about, you know, making sure that people are are doing what's responsible and, and doing what's right for their families. Um, you know, but also while preserving their own quality of life, because there's going to be some people who are just ready to get back out and, and get at it. And, and that's okay. And as long as we're doing it safely, you know, I'm, I mean, that's, you can't blame somebody for doing that. Sure. But yeah, just, I definitely want to consider both aspects, the live and the virtual moving forward, because it's, it's just going to be here for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the Jero Williams experience itself, which is your, your band. Talk to me a little bit about how that sort of came to be. Uh, and, and where the, I guess where the name came from as well, because I understand yeah. there's a pretty, pretty oh, nonchalant story let's, about that. Yeah. Let's, let's start with the name. <laughs> let's, let's go there. Um, so yeah. So originally, uh, 2016 was when I started performing like out in different places. And as I was booking shows, um, they would ask me like the talent buyer would ask me, you know, well, what do you call your, what do you guys call yourselves? Right. Well, what's, what's the band's name? And I was like, well, I'm being a solo artist. So I'm like, well, it's, you know, Jerome Williams, you know, like, just like how I was saying, like any artist that I've been influenced by. And they were like, well, that's not really going to work because we, you know, people are going to think that it's just you. It's just a solo thing not with you and other players. So I was like, okay, what do you suggest? And they said, you know, let's, let's go with Jerome Williams band. And I was kind of like, okay, all right, well, let's, we'll go with that. And I I am not Dave Matthews. I am not Zach Brown. Like there are just certain bands that can do that and be fine. And I just didn't have, I wasn't comfortable with it. You know, I didn't love it, but again, it was a start. You know, um, and so after about a year and a half, I, uh, I I talk with my bandmates and I say, yeah, I'm just thinking about changing it up. And they said, well, what are you thinking? And I said, well, it's one thing for us to say, you know, band at the end of the name. Right. Because um, I said, when people come to see us, it's not just we're not just a bunch of guys just playing music and there's no disrespect. There's no discredit to any other band that's out there playing. It was just about us and what we bring to the table. And I said, when you come to see us, it's, it's a show. Like we're, we're not, we're not just there to play songs and just kind of get off and do what we do. Like it's a show. It's an experience. (laughs) 
and then immediately my bandmates were like okay well what about Jerome Williams experience and I'm like <laughs> all right I, th- I think that's much better than Jerome Williams band like let's let's just let's go with it and so now that's that's kind of what birthed the JWX brand whereas you know now when people ask me like hey like we miss seeing JWX when's JWX performing again like so you know you start to you know, kind of see the consistency in what people are, um, when they ask. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how the name became what it was. Um, and you know, I still aspire to be kind of as a, with a solo artist entity, but at least, you know, kind of while we're in this time and in this space, I mean, JWX, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, I, I kind of walked into that light with First Night Alexandria in a way when we performed for New Year's Eve because, yes, people knew us as, as JWX, the Jerome Williams Experience, but I also had my logo in the back, you know, on the back screen, and that's something that I just have not really had the chance to do. So that, that really, to me, was like a – it signified kind of like the, the, the start of a new chapter, and I was really excited about that because that's something we've we've worked hard for these past, you know, four years that we've been playing is is getting these these bigger opportunities, but also to the point where it was just such a cool feeling to have all the lights and the, you know, just a lot of the big show elements and then, you know, just kind of seeing my name and, and logo on the on the back screen. It it was it just reminded me of the the climb of the hustle that I've, that I've gone through to get to this point. And we're just getting started. You know, this is not, hopefully this is not, you know, anywhere close to the end. So I'm just, um, I'm just really staying optimistic about that. Definitely. What, I guess, what is next for JWX and, and for yourself, what kind of plans do you guys have for the, for the future? Yeah. So obviously with JWX, you know, we, we continue to play weddings. We continue to play corporate gigs. Um, you know, obviously we did a lot of virtual concerts during the summer and the fall. Um, so, you know, obviously when, hopefully when things subside with, uh, COVID, you know, we'll get back to that. Um, and then in terms of me, uh, as a solo artist, I'm still working on original songs. I'm, I have, uh, a couple of remixes that I'm, uh, dropping this year. Um, one in late February, that's the soonest that's coming. Um, also been, you know, collaborating with different artists from around the area and, um, across the country too, uh, which has been a a really cool experience. Um, and, and a lot of learning lessons there as well. So, you know, just another opportunity for me to get, uh, more exposure, but then also, you know, just kind of getting my name out there as, um, as an artist and as a creative, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what we got planned for the, for the foreseeable future. And, and like I said, just kind of looking forward to the day to day and just kind of seeing how everything transpires over the next few months. And, and hopefully we can be out, you know, in front of live crowds again. For for you, I guess, what does, what does music give you? Why is it something that you've chosen to dedicate your life to? Whoo, uh, man, I always, uh, that's a great question. Um, Music gives me, it definitely gives me a release. Um, I will say that and music is, it's the, it's that one thing that I know I can do over and over and over again. And 
I don't get discouraged when I fail. I think that's the hard that's that's one of the hardest things. It's like when we do stuff, we do something and we know when we failed at it and you know, do we want to keep trying? Um, but that's the cool thing about entertainment in general, because it's like, you know, if you're on a movie set, you miss the line, you got you do it again. <laughs> you shoot you do the shot again. You know, if you're recording and you you mess up on a note, you record it again. <laughs> you know, you just keep doing it until you get it right. Um so it, it kind of takes that uh, that failure paralysis out of it. But I just know that from the moment I hit a stage, I, I don't think about anything else. I, I just I think about the music and the camaraderie. That's, that's just, you know, that's it. I'm not thinking about what, what problems await me when I get off stage or, you know, whatever. It's just me and the music. And, and that's just a, it's a very freeing thing to have. Um, and I hope that other people feel that, you know? Um, but yeah, that's what, that's what music gives me. And it just kind of gives me an outlet to express myself. Um, and then say the things that I can't, I don't normally say in a conversation, you know, sometimes you just, you have to say it in a musical way for it to really carry so yeah i'm just i'm thankful for that for that gift at the end of every episode we ask the guest a question posed by the previous guest without knowing who they were so in a way we're we're able to connect people from around alexandria who otherwise probably wouldn't meet each other um and so the question posed to you comes from uh heather rosner who is a uh, elementary school band teacher over at George Mason Elementary School. Um, it was not planned that you would be asked a question by a music teacher. It just happened to work <laughs> out that way. Um, it is the music that binds. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think you, you'll you probably be uniquely equipped to answer this question. Uh, Heather wanted to know, if you had to be stuck in a room with a bunch of beginning musicians what instrument would you want them to be playing? And she she specifically <laughs> said after, choose wisely. <laughs> yeah, that's the key. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, uh, so right now I'm like, I'm visualizing all the different instruments that I would be like, yeah, that could work. But then you hear it over and over again. You're like, nah, that's not, no. You know, honestly, if I really had to pick, I would say... I'd say piano. Okay. I, I would. And I, <laughs> you know, even just hearing beginners just like clunk the same notes over and over again, I just feel like there's way more variety in terms of sound and the range of sound with, with the piano, um, especially once you start getting chords and, and things like that. I feel like there's way more combinations mm -hmm. with, with certain things um, on the piano. And I, I also know that because I have a personal connection to it because piano is one of those things that I wish I had continued studying when I was younger. Like I started when I was like five and I just couldn't do it. I just, I quit. I was like, I'm, I'm so done with this. And <laughs> it's kind of ironic that I say that <laughs> with this question, but it wasn't because of the sound of it. I think it was just at the time, like, you know, it, it just didn't really fit me at the time. But now being a musician, you know, and I have my keyboard to kind of like, 
listen to some things by ear I can only imagine where I'd be right now had I you know spent some more time learning it but yeah I would say piano because I think the the range of sound the 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 options are are a little bit more comfortable to hear if you had to play it repetitively let's go with that <laughs> definitely what is uh what's one question you'd like to ask the next guest not knowing who they are man well i'm a foodie so i got <laughs> i love food so all right so and i have a sweet tooth also so let's go with if you could build your ultimate favorite ice cream flavor what what would you have what would you add in it what ingredients would you use let's let's go with let's go with that i love that i mean i I have so many things that come i'm also a i'm a sweet guy i love i love everything sweet it's probably to a fault so (laughs) so many things come to mind i have i automatically i have to like start weeding things out because i'm like there's no way that those two things would taste good together (laughs) i'm a a huge cookie dough person so it's like all right just give me like all the cookie pieces yeah like everything and then you know some a little bit of sprinkles you know just just to make it fun (laughs) you know kind of fit the personality a little bit um yeah so yeah that'd be my question if you could have the, the perfect ice cream flavor what you know what would you have in it awesome well, thank you, thank you so much, uh, Jarrell, for stopping by and talking with me. It's been a, it's been a great conversation. It's been, it's been a tough, challenging year for all of us. But I'm, I'm glad to hear that there is at least for you some light on the other side of the tunnel. Yeah, silver linings all around. You know, that's I think if we if we see life that way, uh, it'll make it'll make things a little bit easier to to get by each day. But thanks so much for having me, Cody. I really appreciate it. Of course. And thank you very much, Alexandria. Take it easy.